Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Ten days ago. We the only ones out here? Just us. And I guess. The cell in Europe has been trying to build a dirty bomb. We traced it to DC. The detainees that come here do not depart until we've properly vetted. Are you a mean man, sir? <laughs> I've been a terrible mistake. We screw up and one of these guys hurts the homeland. It's all over CNN. Uh, something's not right. On me. where that bomb is, we can radio it in. I am not a terrorist, please. We stay here, we're gonna be overrun. Come here, young one. This is not Benghazi. One low on ammo. I know. I need him to get answered. If they want it, let them have it. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 383. Releasing November 5 across the US in theatres and on demand is One Shot, a one-take-a-continuous-shot action thriller that stars Scott Atkins as the leader of a Navy SEALs team that is tasked with transporting a suspected terrorist from a CIA black site island prison. Things get very complicated when insurgents arrive hell-bent on getting their hands on the same man. Also starring Ryan Philippe and Ashley Green, One Shot is an ambitious and engaging action thriller that features ferocious gun battles and an impressive display of filmmaking technique. And I'm glad to say joining me now is the director of One Shot, James Nunn. James, I thank you so very much for joining me today. No worries. Thank you for uh, the kind intro and uh, thanks for having me. So reading up about the the history of this film, it's interesting. You had the idea for this, what, six, seven years ago. Um, This was kind of like before, kind of like the one-take shot movie really had a bit of a resurgence with Birdman in 1917, et cetera. How did the idea come about? And is it true that working with Scott Atkins is kind of like the inspiration as to why you thought, you know what, maybe making a one-shot kind of movie could really work with this particular actor and with this particular genre? Yeah, that's correct, Matt. So basically what happened is I'd made my second movie called Eliminators with um, Scott Adkins. Um, my second movie with Scott, I should say. So we we already had um, a, two great experiences and it was the eve of wrapping uh, that movie that I was with my producers and we'd done a scene in that movie that was like a two-minute 
fight sequence. And the amazing thing with Scott as a martial artist and sort of action star is that he can do all of this stuff. Like he can fight very legitimately. He can make it feel very real. He can, you know, have a fist a centimeter or millimeter away from your cheek without you even realizing. Um, and he can do it in real time. He doesn't have to kind of stop and take a breath. In fact, he loves to do it in real time and he loves to do it for a long time because, you know, I think there's this thing with action guys where they're like, ah, oh, longer, harder, faster. I can do it. I'm the real deal. And knowing that about him and knowing uh, my abilities as a director, and I come from a very technical background of filmmaking, um, I was really looking for a project and designing a project with Scott that would capitalize on my technical filmmaking ability and his um, technical fight ability on screen, I suppose, on screen fight ability. And that was where the birth of One Shot came from. And my, because my producer said, well, what is that? And I said, well, I think it's a 90 minute movie where Scott just fights from beginning to end. And by the end of it, he's like completely knackered and just sweating and can't breathe. And the audience should just feel so immersed that they just watch this guy go through hell. And they said, well, it sounds really good. Why don't you go and write it? And um, that's where the idea was born. You know, it took some time for the project to get off the ground. Do you consider that, looking back now, something of a mixed blessing? Do you need those additional years? Do you need advances in filmmaking technology, for example? Do you need more experience behind the camera to be able to tackle a project so ambitious like this one? Yeah, I think it probably was a bit of a blessing. Um, there were a few reasons that it just couldn't happen. Um, at the time, Birdman hadn't actually been released. I'm sure it was in development, but it certainly wasn't out in the public conscious. So whenever I would approach people about it, everyone would be like, you're crazy. You can't do what you're, the, the level of action and what you're talking about doing in one take because it, it's just, well, it's dangerous. It's people are going to get too tired. Um, we've never seen it done before, so we can't trust giving you the money. Like, what if it messes up? We can't edit it. So there was all these factors that were just prohibiting the movie from getting made. And in many ways, like actually Birdman coming out and then 1917 coming out were a blessing for one shot because it proved to people that it could be done. It proved that there was an uh, audience appetite for this kind of thing. And it was, um, it was the kind of like beginning of getting this project going again. So that's the one side of it. But yes, the other side of it is like the percolating of something in your mind for six years and the going away and making three more movies in that time and like also growing as a filmmaker and a person about how you approach stuff. Like when I first came up with it, I was 29 and now mm -hmm. I'm 36 and my views on politics and life and I've watched probably 200 more documentaries on the war, you know, since then. And all of this stuff factors in tonally to like how the movie gets made. So yeah, interestingly, like actually when it was very first pitch, it was much more like comic booky, much more kind of um, almost like escape from New York on a prison yeah. island with cannibals and stuff. It was like really, you know, cause I needed that excuse for like Scott to just be able to have 200 guys to beat up with no weapons and 
the only way I could do that at the time in my brain was to make it comic booky. And then, you know, over this percolation of time and what, you know, kind of audience understanding what audience want and also growing as a filmmaker and understanding what the sales company might want as well, it got shifted into a much more serious angle. And, so, and it was the best note we ever I ever got for the movie because it really helped um, shape and and design the intensity of what um, what I wanted to make. I think it probably started as like quite a fun thing and became this much more intense emotional thing um, for the film and for me. So hopefully that answers the question. But yeah, it, 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 it needed that time for sure. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by 80s Tees. 80s Tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favourite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is also brought to you by Voodoo. Watch the latest movies and TV shows anytime, anywhere. No subscriptions, no contract. Enjoy stunning quality in up to 4K ultra high definition at home and download and watch on your mobile device as well. To rent and buy from over 100,000 titles or watch thousands of movies free with Voodoo Movies on us, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the show. You know, it's such a logistical thing. I imagine create any film is right, but doing like a one-shot continuous take kind of movie would definitely would be. So how do you like to approach it in regards to preparation? Do you storyboard? Do you have time for rehearsal? Do you have anything like that um, at your disposal? So when you're ready to go, you're as prepared as you can be to try to get everything done at that day, at that moment. Of course. Um, yeah. Essentially I, I come from a, uh, film school upbringing and then going to become a first assistant director in film uh, and I know I always make the movies in pre-production I mean you make the movie in pre-production then you make the movie in production and then you make the movie again in the edit but right. I am a big fan of pre-production because once the, the more you think about it up front by the time you actually get to production and when these other ideas are coming to you from either yourself or from actors or from other crew members and you kind of at least you've got your backstop of like how you initially wanted it and you're not floating around all these ideas so i'm a big fan of pre-production but you can't storyboard a one-shot movie because you just can't draw 90 minutes and explain to an you could like to sit even to sit with the storyboard ice i'd have to walk around the location pause draw this frame pause draw this and it would just be an in, a complete waste of time. It would probably take longer than to actually shoot the movie. So 
what we actually did was I, uh, three weeks out from shooting the movie, I went down to the location with a GoPro, two standees, two stand-ins and my um, first assistant director. And I just bought, I just worked out the path and I, and I worked out where I was going to do shots and things like that. So that once the crew started coming in two weeks before production, um, I had, I could then go, right, watch this version of the movie. It's terrible. And it's shot on a GoPro and it's, got bill and bob running around with toy guns but like mm-hmm. it's the bone it's the skeleton of the movie and yeah. that was that that then just grew and became more of a thing and uh, more tangible as the weeks went on because then the second week out all of my fight crew and came down and all of my stunt guys came down and I did exactly the same thing and I'd go around and I'd shoot the movie with them so then I'd go home at night and I'd cut that section into the skeleton section just sort of adding these muscles if you will and then one week out from production I I was allowed all of the cast for rehearsal all of the cast came down and I the first day I showed them the movie like the walkthrough and walked them through the set and talked it all through on the Monday and then on the Tuesday we got into rehearsals and we started rehearsing everything. And I was like, okay. And then that obviously influences the camera a little bit as well. And, um, and I'd record it on the GoPro so that literally by the end of that week, the weekend, you know, like the Friday before the Monday, the big day, um, I had like an 80 minute version of the movie in a very bare bones level, but I was able to chart pace and, acting and like emotion and like oh we need a fight we need to put some i need to put some violence in here or i need to put a gunshot here or i need to like how do i keep it exciting here so essentially i'd kind of done like a edit of the movie before shooting it because then by the time you shoot once you actually shoot the actual footage you obviously can't cut it because that's what it's going to be and that's how it's going to live unless we change the whole conceit of the project which is it's no longer a one shot movie it's just jumping through time um so yes to answer your question it was made in pre-production uh, uh, and you and you'd need to you you couldn't just turn up and achieve, well maybe you could maybe if you're an absolute genius you could but i certainly couldn't just turn up shoot the long days we were doing and like hope for what we achieved like it it, it, it everything was considered and yeah on there would be little surprises mm-hmm. on the day which are great and I cherish and you need those, but you wouldn't have even got those if you hadn't rehearsed it a week before because yeah. you just, I'd have spent all my time. I'd have spent half the day rehearsing and then half the day shooting. Whereas it's like, I'd, I'd kind of been able to relieve not just pressure off myself, but pressure off the cast. And I think that was actually one of the reasons that they were able to kind of really bring their A game to this project is because they knew exactly their whole journey throughout the film. And they knew exactly through rehearsals kind of like what to do so it wasn't like nobody turned up and messed up a line because everyone knew what they were going to say and then also because the pressure was so high on the day of like you don't want to be the person that messes up this extremely long take that everybody was just so switched on and so focused with um not messing up that uh it really kind of keeps this level of intensity in the film that I perhaps hadn't even imagined that we'd be able to achieve, but you can kind of see it in them and you can kind of see it in the camera work as well. And um, Mm -hmm. 
hopefully that answers the question. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, thank you very much for that. You know, this is your third film with Scott Atkins. It's really interesting. On the same day that I watched One Shot, I don't know how this came about. I had that night I watched um, An American with, with Paris, the, the musical with Gene Kelly. And I, it really kind of confirmed a theory I have about action choreography that's kind of like akin to uh, music musicals. Um, there's a physicality, there's uh, rhythm, there's kind of like the pacing, et cetera. And, you know, in, with that in mind, Scott Atkins has to be the Gene, Ke- Gene Kelly of the action world. I, I truly, really believe that. I mean, he's just so good at what he does and that's how he comes about and does it. You've worked with him like, like three times now. Is that something that you agree with, that kind of that kind of comparison there? I think that's an awesome sentence. He's going to love that. You need to Twitter that to him right now. <laughs> the Gene Kelly of action films. And I don't disagree with you. Um, yes, what Scott can do with his body and with his ability is something else. It's mind-blowing. You know, there are obviously been other incredible martial artists throughout the years. Uh, Bruce Lee, Tony Jaa, you know, Keanu Reeves, like lots of people can do this amazing stuff. But certainly for me, Scott's Scott's sort of ability shines the brightest. And it's not only his technical ability and his skill and his education, but it's also his mindset Mm. um, and his work ethic. He works incredibly hard. He wants to be the best. And to even take on a challenge like this, you know, it's it's now something that he can say he's the first kind of martial artist on-screen fighter action star to do uh, this kind of like style of movie. So I think it's a nice bucket list achievement for him as well, because these action guys love to be able to do like a long take fight, but to be able to do a long take movie that is like also got drama and emotion and not just fighting, but gunfighting and and some stunt work and explosions. So it was a big tick off for him. And um, yeah, I suppose he is the Gene Kelly of, of, of action, certainly by today's standards. And with regards to rhythm, yeah, um, he's, a, he's a human special effect. You know, he's a gymnast, he's got great timing, but you also, every good guy needs a villain and we also made sure we cast the correct people for him to scuffle with to have fights with because it'd be no use giving him someone who wasn't the same speed scott's incredibly fast and the reason that you can hold on a long take fight with scott is because of his speed but if i had someone very slow and sluggish he it just looked it would just look so bizarre because he He'd be whooping their ass, but they'd have to be acting or they'd be punching really slow. And so it, every great, every good guy needs a great bad guy. And we, we also, re, we worked really hard to make sure that the fights that Scott had in the movie felt that way. And equally, like there's this guy called Lee Charles. I've been working for him for 10 years who Scott has a fight with. And they've done, I think, six on-screen fights together over the last 10 years. And because of that, they trust each other. So they're able to move at incredible speeds with each other because they know at the end of the day, if they're going to connect or something like that happens, they're just going to handshake and walk away and be like, oh, gotcha. Sorry about that. They're going to take it very professionally. They've got a great level of trust. Um, And because of that, and because of that casting, we were able to really sell those fights 
So, yeah, it's um, – I don't disagree with you, man. He's the best. Well, look, I really enjoyed one shot. And, yeah, I love Scott watching Scott Atkins just in general because you know he's going to bring it. And especially great when he can team up with a, with a director who just can really knows how to utilise his skill. And I think what you've done, James, working with you for three times now – and what you've done, especially done with one shot, you really have utilized his skills to such a degree. But, you know, I like to think that, you know, his wish for longer takes would have been very fulfilled by the end of the shooting of that movie because you could just tell that he's just spent at the end of it. And yeah. um, and maybe after that, he wouldn't want to want to do a long take again. He's like, yeah, I've done it for 90 minutes. I'm good, mate. <laughs> but that's really yeah. cool. And, um, you know, I, I can't wait for people to watch his film because I think it's just really terrific. I get a lot of films sent my way and to watch... And I love action movies and I watch an action movie like yours. Um, it's just terrific. So for everyone out there listening, One Shot, November 5, out in the US, in theatres and on demand, I recommend everyone check this film out because um, if you like your action movies as kick-ass and as a visceral as I do, this is the movie to watch. And James, I thank you so very much for your time today. Congrats for the film. And hopefully we can talk again in the future. I know you've got some more projects coming out and I'd love to talk to you again about those when those come out. Absolutely, Matt. Thank you so much for your time and thanks for championing the movie. Um, we, we all love it. So we're, we're glad that people are responding well and I hope all your fans like it as well. And yeah, let's, uh, let's make some more. Let's, uh, and let's do this again.